All right. Here's a real question for you right now. You ready? Have you ever gotten in a stupid argument? Huh? Yeah? Husbands, uh, your wives are looking at you right now, and they've got something in their mind, and they remember it. And if you think you haven't gotten in a stupid argument, they're about ready to tell you where it was, and not only where, but how, the whole story, and also the other 20 times that you got in a stupid argument. When I was a teenager, there was a couple times where I almost got in screaming matches with some of my friends about roster decisions for the Sixers. Talk about a dumb argument, right? Like we were making an impact on what they were actually doing. Kids have a great talent to be able to come up with dumb and, and silly arguments, right? She's smiling at me. He touched my pillow. See, we have this ability to take something so small and make it very big. And the Pharisees, you remember them, right? These religious elite, those that knew the Bible very well, the religious leaders of the time. The Pharisees, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus walked this earth, they were pros at stupid arguments. Things that weren't important at all and things that missed the point. So they were known for two things. The Pharisees were known for their knowledge of Scripture and their love of rules. Let's check it out in Matthew 12, verse 1. It says, At the time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry. And they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, how he entered into the house of God and ate the bread of presents, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those that were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath, the priest in the temple profaned the uh, the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you'd have known what that means... I desire a mercy and not a sacrifice. He's quoting Hosea right there. He says, if you knew what that means to say, I desire mercy and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. But the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. See, the Pharisees have caught the disciples, Jesus' disciples, doing something that went against their rules again. Are you seeing a theme here? As we go through the life of Jesus... You see this constant battle between him and the religious elite. And they said, Jesus, keep your followers in line. Why don't you just please people and go with the crowd? Why do you always have to stir things up? You know what tradition tells you. Why do you have to make waves? What are you doing? But what Jesus' disciples did when they picked the grain and ate it on the Sabbath... See, that didn't actually go against what the Bible tells us to do in in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 23, 25 tells us what the Old Testament had said about the subject. It says, if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck ears with your hand, but you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. Well, what the disciples did, it wasn't wrong according to the Bible. It said right there that they could do that, but what 
the disciples did was deemed wrong in the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah was the oral tradition of that time that they would pass around, pass down for generations, uh, that was what Jew, the, the, the people expected of the Jewish people. This wasn't the Bible. It was just an oral tradition that they were passing down. And the Mishnah said you could not pluck a head of grain on the Sabbath. But it also went further than that. It said you couldn't tie a knot on the Sabbath. It said you couldn't write more than two letters of the alphabet on the Sabbath day. You couldn't start a fire on the Sabbath day. The Mishnah also said that you couldn't extinguish a fire on the Sabbath day, which I just, I guess you just pray that your house doesn't catch on fire or you're getting in trouble, right? So here's the question. Is tradition the same as law? Is breaking tradition sin? These Pharisees had taken God's command for rest and reprieve and recharge, and it taken it so far that they made it a burden on people, and they harassed people about it. They had taken this day of rest and made it a day of stress. But all the while, they, they missed the whole point of why God had given them the Sabbath. Because taking a day of rest is good for you. Uh, because you need some time to let go and let God and just say, hey, God, I'm going to disengage and you got to keep this world spinning and trust him to get things done. See, the funny thing was about the time was that the rabbis couldn't even agree on all uh, the rules and what they were and, and what the Mishnah even said. There were so many different uh, interpretations. See, there's nothing restful about legalism and condemning people with made-up laws just because you think they're a good idea or your opinion is that it's the best course of action. That doesn't make it law. And someone disagreeing with you doesn't mean it's sin. The disciples were hungry, and they picked the heads off of grain and ate it. And uh, if you look at the type of grains they had in that area at that time, it most likely was wheat or barley, which that doesn't sound like super... Uh, you know, tasty to me, but if you're hungry, I guess, you know, jump on in and, and do that. But this had the Pharisees all in a huff. You can't do that. Don't you know that's against our rules? Don't, don't you know that we don't do things that way around here? Stop changing things. Stop rocking the boat. Don't you know who we are? We are important. Jesus looks at them and says, look, haven't you read your Bibles? Don't you know about how King David, your hero, this person that you lift up as the greatest ever? Don't you remember how he went into the temple and ate that bread that was specifically set aside for the priest? Now, good modern day comparison there would be like if someone came in and ate the communion bread and wine, right? That's set aside for something. I don't care if you're starving, that's set up for something. See, Jesus' point there was that God never made these laws to hurt us, but to help us. Those laws were for their benefit. And if David and his men are going to starve, then by all means, take the bread. But see, the Pharisee had taken this time of rest and made it a time of stress. See, if your rules prevent you from loving God and loving people, then you're doing something wrong. 
Those two commands supersede everything. And if you have a question about that, just go to Jesus' words when they asked him, what are the greatest commands? Love God and love people. If your rules are causing strife and disharmony, you're doing something wrong. Jesus quoted the prophet Hosea. He says, I desire uh, uh, not a sacrifice, or I desire mercy and not a sacrifice. And if you would have known that, you'd have known that I am guiltless and you should not condemn someone that's guiltless. Jesus is trying to tell them, look, hey, I know you think you're trying and you're going to impress God by making things harder on yourself, but you're hurting people. He's trying to tell them to live with mercy on the front, not judgment and condemnation. We remember last week, Jesus uh, had just told the Pharisees after he healed that uh, lame man at the pool of Bethesda. He had just told them that the Sabbath was made for man. It was for man, the good of man, and not man for the Sabbath. Jesus says, Someone greater than the temple is here. Someone greater than the law is here. The Messiah. And this changes absolutely everything. But they're going to miss it. They're going to miss it. Focused on their rules and on their traditions. And on their methods that they decide are right. But since Jesus is Lord of everything, that means he's also Lord of the Sabbath. And since it's his show, he gets to do what he wants, right? But see, really, the Pharisees were just trying to trip Jesus up once again. The Pharisees were jealous that they didn't have the influence that they used to have, so they decided that they were going to tear him down. They're going to shoot arrows from the sidelines, and they could not, uh, you know, trap him in breaking God's law, so they decided to try and trap him by breaking their made-up laws. What an amazingly silly thing to try and Uh, tear someone down with, right? (laughs) Hey, Jesus, your disciples, they're eating uh, grain out of a field. What are you going to do about it? They picked some wheat and ate it. What a stupid argument to try and start. I'd have probably blown up on these guys, right? Wheat? Wheat? Are we talking about wheat here? Are you serious? This is what we want to talk about? But Jesus says, hey, you're missing the point and you're missing me. And this proves that you can be a Bible scholar and you can have all the experience in the world and you can be a leader in the church and still miss what Jesus is trying to do. And even go so far as maybe even trying to stop what Jesus is trying to do. So how about you? Where in your life are you starting arguments about wheat Where are you prioritizing rules over loving God and loving people? The Pharisees were all about tradition and procedure, but they alienated and hurt people. And they pulled this Sabbath card out about everything, even about healing people and feeding people and helping people. But Jesus says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I don't break rules. I rule over all. But let's not jump past the fact that Jesus did respect the Sabbath. And he did know it was important to get quiet and to rest your soul and to rest your mind. And he practiced it. He withdrew from the crowd many times. 
He went alone to places to pray. And you should do that too. Maybe now more than ever, as we're bombarded by just bad news and and stress and uncertainty, you have to get alone. You have to rest your mind and say, God, I'm going to take a little bit of time. I know i got stuff to do. But nothing is more important than resting in you and listening to your word and, and taking some time to meditate on what you've done for me and just saying thank you. That's going to help you get your stuff done far more than just trying and striving. Jesus did respect the Sabbath, and you should too. Stop and trust God that he will keep the world spinning. The Pharisees got distracted by their rules and their idea of what they thought should be done, and they missed a big opportunity. They missed Jesus. Imagine what uh, God could have done with all of these people that knew the Bible so well. They could have changed the world forever. They could have done great things if they would have gotten on board and stopped being distracted by all the little things. Just look what Jesus did with Paul, the former Pharisee, right? He went all over the place preaching the gospel. He gave us so many books of the Bible. Imagine what we could have today if they would have jumped on board. But instead they got distracted. And they decided instead to pull people down. Let's remember these things as we look at this scripture. Let's not forget that one greater than the temple is here. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? One greater than the temple is here, and his name is Jesus. We don't have to go to a location to speak to God. God's not hidden behind walls or barriers. For a believer, God lives inside of us. And he he doesn't just want rule followers. He wants us to follow his heart. He wants us to love God and love people. He's saying here in this passage that I'm the God over every day, and I want you to recognize that and follow me and rest in me. So surely the Pharisees got the picture, right? And they just, you know, repented and everything was great. If you know your Bible, you know that's not true. Pharisees didn't get it. They almost immediately jump on Jesus' back again for healing a man with a withered hand on the Sabbath. Verse 9, Matthew 12. He went on from there and entered into their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to hear on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? And he said to them, which one of you has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. How much more value is a man than a sheep? So is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. The man stretched it out, and it was restored healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. It's so sad when you look at these passages. They cared more about their laws than they cared about people. This man's life was changed. His hand was healed. It would never be the same again. And they cared about the rules instead. And they tried to use this man to trip up Jesus. But Jesus sees the person. And he sees the soul. And he sees the thing that's going to last forever. And he says, look, a man is going to help his own sheep. If it falls into a hole, 
How much more should I help this man and heal this man on the Sabbath? And then he asked this question, is it lawful to do good? Is it against the law to help people? People over rules every time. Love God, love your neighbor. These are the greatest commandments and they trump everything. Jesus healed him. The Pharisees started a conspiracy to try to destroy Jesus and tear him down. So you've got a choice today. Who do you want to be like? You want to be like Jesus or the Pharisees? People or rules? Now, the commands of the Bible are non-negotiable, but our made-up ones change, and they're incomplete, and they're broken. So it's a matter of what comes first. Don't put your suggestions on the same level as God's commands. That borders on blasphemy, and it hurts people. Jesus, once again, models for us to love God and our neighbor. And if we can do those two things, the rest will figure itself out. So here's what we should remember. One greater than the temple is here. We have a friend that sticks closer than any brother. We don't have to go to a location to speak to God. God's not hidden behind walls or barriers. God lives inside of us. So go and take him into the world. Go and introduce him to people in your sphere of influence and make a difference in this world. He doesn't just want rule followers. He wants us to follow his heart. People over rules every time. The band's going to come. We're going to sing again. We can all get in this place where we think we've got the Christian life figured out and we are in a good position to judge everybody else that doesn't. We We can land there. All of us can. To think that we can point out everybody's flaws. We've got to be careful about that. Because when we do that, we're being just like the Pharisees. We're not being like Jesus. Let's pray.